the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American right. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a good day. It's a great day, actually, whenever the American journalists get triggered. And my goodness, do we have a mess of them. It is mass hysteria in newsrooms across america today hello everybody welcome to the todd stearns radio program uh we're going to have a lot of fun today by the way harmy Dillon is going to be here also congressman jim bake's going to drop by among other special guests today uh but we we've got to start out with the breaking news i mean if you are watching cnn or fox news they're saying that the the what happened on twitter last night they're calling it the Thursday Night Massacre. At least six journalists being suspended by Elon Musk. They're, they're comparing this to 9-11 and J-6. I mean, it is that serious of a thing uh, with American journalists today. And I, I, I can't, I don't know why. They, I don't know why, but uh, they're really, really um, put out by elon musk so let me explain what happened here and even even the people over at fox news channel i was watching fox and friends this morning and even they were uh, clutching their pearls well um i just don't understand why he would do something like that it makes no sense at all that's just censorship well not really because uh, elon musk is the owner now i want to explain this i want to put this in some context for you Yours truly, uh, your friendly neighborhood affable talk radio host, noon to three Eastern, happens to own a talk radio station in Memphis, Tennessee. I own everything, pay all the bills, pay everybody's salary, pay the insurance, you name it, I cover it, I pay for it. Nobody has to pay to work at Stearns Media Group. That being said, I get to make the rules. I get to decide what programs are broadcast on my radio station. It's not up to the New York Times or the Washington Post. It's not up to a cumulus, that radio conglomerate that actually forced people to either get the jab or they would lose their jobs. They claim to be conservative, but they're not. They're far leftist. Don't bother listening to that. So if you, again, if, if you're paying the bills, you get to make the decisions. That's all there is to it. The folks over who own Cumulus, they get to make the decision. They said, you know what? We're going to force people to get the jab, and if they don't get the jab, they're fired. You know what? That's their right to do. They pay the bills. Same thing over at iHeart and all these other places. So it seems to me that Elon Musk, at face value here, 
has a right to do what he wants to do with his own platform. Now, here are the accounts that they they suspended, uh, and, I, and I'm going to explain why in just a moment. Uh, New York Times technology reporter Ryan Mack, never heard of him. Washington Post reporter Drew Harwell, never heard of him. Former MSDNC host Keith Olbermann, a sorry piece of horse manure. Former Vox reporter Aaron Rupar, CNN reporter Donnie O'Sullivan, and Mashable's Matt Binder. So all of these guys, and I'm assuming they're guys, I'm just, I don't mean to offend, but if, you know, if their pronouns are different, it's on me. But all of these guys are accused of sharing information about Elon Musk and his family. They were accused of doxing or sharing someone who had doxed Elon Musk. This has been an ongoing issue with Elon Musk. Elon gets on an airplane. Somebody on Twitter is actually tracking where the plane is going. Elon gets into a car. Somebody's tracking where the car is going, and they're reporting all of this information in real time. In effect, he's putting Elon. they're putting Elon Musk and his family in grave danger. Well, first of all, Elon Musk, up until what, yesterday, was the richest man in the world. So you know that there are people that are out to do him harm. They want money. They want to be able to extort the guy. They possibly want to assassinate the guy. In in other words, do him harm. So there's really no other reason why these people would be sharing that information other than the fact that they want somebody to do something to Elon Musk. Well, earlier this week, we told you what happened. They had shared information about this automobile. Elon Musk was supposed to be in the automobile. We had the video of what happened on our website. So this is not conjecture. This is not speculation. We can tell you, and your eyeballs can see it with your for yourself. Some sort of Antifa-looking thug jumps on top of the car, starts banging the car, tries to get inside the car. Elon Musk was not in the car, but his child was. And for Elon, that was the last straw. Elon says, you know what? I No, you're not coming after my family. I, this is the line in the sand. So Elon set up a rule. If you dox somebody, you're going to be taken off our platform. We're not going to allow you to do that on this platform. This is a form of bullying. It is a form of intimidation. And all you know what has broken loose. And I want to give you a we're going to we're going to be playing audio throughout the day, but I want to give you a taste. Uh, this is little Donnie Lemon that you know they they canceled his nighttime show. Now he's on in the mornings. Cut number four. I think this is going to have a major chilling effect actually on Twitter because now there there, there are no rules. It's clear there are no rules. If you irritate Elon Musk, you can get banned from the platform. But and, Oliver, we're talking about it. Yeah, we're, we're, ta- we're talking about. Is this what he wants? That we're talking about it, it doesn't matter, and then all of a sudden, donating everybody's going to be reinstated, and it's a whole Trump thing where you own the news cycle for the next 24 hours, and then you do something else that is hyperbolic and outrageous, and then you own the news cycle. Why are we doing it? I think, it, well, it's important. To, it's, it's one of these cases where it's difficult, right? Yeah. You don't want to give someone attention if they're just looking for attention. 
All right, and it goes on and on and on. Everybody's all upset about this. Uh, CNN putting out a statement. They're threatening to pull all of their reporters, all of their accounts off Twitter. Uh, You've got all these other people. What AOC is now accusing Elon Musk of being a fascist. So you've got Congress involved now. They're demanding investigations. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. It's off the charts. They're hyperventilating, ladies and gentlemen. And they actually do believe that what happened on Twitter last night is worse than 9-11 and J6 combined. It's horrible. Horrible. That's an evil man. Well, all right. You may think that, but you know what? It's his platform. CNN, you don't want to be there? Fine. Goodbye. Good luck on MySpace or Snapchat or WhatsApp. Good luck over there. And they're not going to be leaving. They're going to be coming back. It's like a drug. Once you get it in your veins, you can't stop. you got to have more. I've got to have more, more. That's what they're saying at CNN. So anyway, uh, people are very upset. Look, here's what happened. This is a digital timeout. You know when you're a parent and your child is doing something that they ought not to be doing? And you tell the child, don't do that, honey, don't. And they still do it. And what happens? And then you get, I said, I said, don't do that. And what happens? And I'm going to, I'm going to tell your father and he's going to get the belt. And you, and, and, and he still does it. And you get the belt and you spank the child. Well, this is what, this is a form of tough love here. So Elon tried to reason with the media. You can't reason with these people. They hate you. And I think he's coming to terms with that. So what did he do? He put him in a digital timeout. He took off his belt, and he smacked around Keith Olbermann and all the other guys. And I hope they learn their lesson. And if they do learn their lesson, they're going to be allowed back on the platform. And if they're not, okay, fine. Good knowing you. Good luck with your sorry life. By the way, a little bit of irony here. All of these people that have been complaining about the censorship, all of these people that are complaining they got punished on Twitter, all of these networks that are threatening to to leave and protest, all of these people were cheering Twitter when they banned Donald Trump for life. These people got a seven-day suspension. Grow up here. They banned Donald Trump for life. And not only did they celebrate they encourage it. As a matter of fact, four sitting members of Congress, including Adam Pencilneck Schiff, wrote a letter to Facebook, HQ, Meta, and they said, we're begging you, do not ever put Trump back on your platform. They just did this a couple of weeks back. Do not ever put him back on the platform. And if you do, your credibility is at risk. That sounds to me like a, like a form of intimidation, right? Members of Congress threatening a privately held company. Sounds to me like somebody is intimidating somebody there. But these are all the same people that were cheering and celebrating and encouraging Twitter not just to ban Donald Trump, but to wipe out conservatives across the board. Look at what they did to the libs of TikTok account. I mean, every other week they're yanking her off the platform. It's terrible. But they celebrate that. They salute that. But when it's it's their own, well, all of a sudden it becomes... J6 and 9-11 all wrapped up together with a big bow. And I say this, what goes around comes around mainstream media. What goes around comes around. So I'm curious to get your take on this because there are a lot of conservatives out there who are agreeing with CNN, agreeing with MSDNC that Elon Musk has crossed the line. It's over for Elon. 
He's he's an enemy of free speech now. Is he is he really an enemy of free speech or is this a man who is just trying to protect his family? Because there's a big difference there if you want to if you want to sniff around and try to find it. Like one of those pigs looking for the truffles in the French forest. 844-747-8868. That's our telephone number. That's 844 844- 747-8868. Do you think Elon did the right thing? Did he go too far? Maybe he didn't go far enough. We're going to be taking your calls on that. Also, uh, we are letting people know about our big journey. I am so excited about this. The journey to Israel. We're going to be taking about a 100 of you to Israel for seven days. It's going to happen at near the end of 2023, in November of 2023. It is going to be a first-class trip. We're going to be visiting all of the Holy Land sites. You're going to be getting exclusive commentary uh, and Bible study while you're over there. And also, there's a geopolitical component to all of this. You're going to be uh, meeting with a lot of people uh, that are working in the Israeli government, and you're going to be getting a private tour of the Knesset. Uh, It's going to be a wonderful trip. You're going to be staying in luxury hotels and resorts. Uh, We want to make this comfortable for you. It is a trip you will never forget. And if you would like information, just give Grace a call, and she'll get your information, 844-747-8868, if you are interested in our trip to Israel. Again, that number, 844-747-8868. We'll be right back, America. The Biden administration has caused a financial crisis, and they don't have a clue how to fix it, folks. Our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you're vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can fit in a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, people, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Happy, 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 so very happy to have you with us today. Do you think it was a problem? Do you think it was a problem to ban all of these uh, these journalists from Twitter? And they're really not banned. It's just they're suspended. I mean, really, what's the big deal? They're going to be back in seven days unless, of course, they decided to defy Elon's rules and regulations. And maybe that's the bigger issue is that they don't think they have to follow anybody's rules. Because we're journalists. We're the fourth estate. No one answers to, we answer to no one. No one at all. We're, we're the leaders. We decide who has free speech in America. We're the journalist. Among the most hated groups in America, by the way, if you ever um, follow any of the surveys and buy into the polling data. 
By the way, Brittany Griner is speaking out. You know, she's back on American soil now. Has she taken a knee for the national anthem yet? I hope this gal's learned her lesson. She's one of the uh, WNBA chicks. She's got herself a wife. They're making the most of their American dream. Anyway, Brittany Griner is um, thanking President Biden. She says it feels so good to be home. And uh, she says that she's looking forward to playing female basketball again. May I just ask you, did, before, I, 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 this is an unfair question, but I need to ask this question. Before this whole Brittany Griner scandal came up, did you even know there was a WNBA? Did you even know that was a thing? Did you did you realize that women actually get paid to play basketball in a professional organization? Which, by the way, I believe is subsidized by the NBA, so they still rely on the men for their paychecks. <laughs> oh, I I know I'm just digging a hole here, but I'm no seriously. I'm just wondering if um, <laughs> I'm just saying. I just googled and not once, never. Not once in the history of the WNBA had the league turned a profit. Is that right? That is right. (laughs) (laughs) And why do you think that is, ladies and gentlemen? Why do you think that is? (laughs) But by golly, they deserve the same pay as the men do. You know what? I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I think that we need to pay. What is it? Who's the biggest star in the uh, in in the NBA? Was it Shaquille O'Neal? No, he's he's graduated. He's retired. Where's Grace Baker? Grace, Grace Baker, John Morant. Oh yeah, you're a big Memphis Grizzlies fan. Heck yeah, All right. number one so in the West. What is baby. he? How much money does he make? You, you, don't, oh. you can just approximate. How much? Uh, like a year? Yeah, hundred million a year. Oh, let's a hundred million a year. Sure, a lot. A lot of money. You know what? Brittany Grinder deserves the same pay as John Morant, uh, and, and since the since the NBA is subsidizing, and you're a woman, you should agree with this. You got to stand in solidarity uh, with the gals, Grace. I don't watch WNBA though. I respect what they do, but I don't watch it. Well, why do you? Well, if you respect what they do, why don't you watch it? I can respect a sport and not want to watch it. <laughs> you don't respect I, it. I don't find it very entertaining. Why don't you find it entertaining? Because men are more athletic and can do all the dunks. Oh, sweet lord! You went there, didn't you? <laughs> I did. You went there. Sorry, John Morant is a lot more entertaining than Brittany Griner. But I mean, you've got the uh, the, the lesbian soccer players saying, uh, "Hey, we deserve as much money as the men make." Uh, what about on the uh, the women's basketball side? It, until they turn a profit, maybe not. But even the uh, even the lesbian soccer gals, they're not they're not turning a profit, but they're I think they're getting the same pay structure. Nah, well, the women's generate money in soccer, but in basketball, nobody watches the WNBA. That's just I'm sorry, they don't. So I will say women's soccer actually does make a lot of money now where this is a new thing like generally speaking oh, i mean there was a report out that they actually generate more revenue than the men's well if that's the case then pay the women more money than the men that's the so problem it's, all the about, men, it's like equality <laughs> it's all it's all about the finances yeah but basketball i'm sorry like just they've tried and tried and tried and people just don't want to watch the WNBA. you think she learned her lesson i think she did you think so I think you think so. she's going to take a knee when the national anthem is played? i don't think she does She'll be crucified. I'm laying it out here. If that... I'm laying it out here. I don't think she does. I don't think she necessarily comes out and says, America is the greatest place ever. This is my, you know, I love it. I've a new woman. 
But can we send her back if she does? Oh, no, seriously. Just think about that. I mean, ungrateful. I mean, it's bad enough we well, made a bad trade. Well, I, from what I saw in her statement, she sounded pretty grateful. But if we'll she, see. it would be it would be quite telling if she came out and took a knee or something. People would. I just think her public image would be absolutely destroyed. We are gracious people here on the Todd Stearns Radio. So Forgive you know me. what? We will withhold judgment and see what happens. Whenever you know she rejoins the WNBA, yes. Do they play on TV or is that like you know TikTok? Maybe pay per view. Pay per view. Good lord! All right, we got to we got to take a break. I think I got the National Organization for Women picketing outside. She's a loop. All right, this is the Todd Sturge. I'm Grace Baker with The Todd Starn Show, and folks, I've got a story to tell you. You know how much I love Merlo and how I want her to be around for a very long time. So Todd Starnes recommended I start giving her pomade supplements. I already have started seeing her happier even during cloudy days, and it's made a world of difference in her overall well-being. So why does Grace need to supplement Merlo's diet? Well, because they do the same thing to pet food that they do to most human food these days. They strip it of all the vitamins, minerals, nutrients that your dog needs to be healthy. Imagine your pet suffering because of a poor diet, being unable to tell you. Well, I know you want to avoid that, so I want to tell you about Longevity Formula from PawMade. It's an all-natural health supplement for dogs made with 23 dog-friendly superfoods to keep your pup healthy and strong. Veterinarian-approved Longevity Formula boosts nutrient intake, protects against toxins, and guards against premature aging. And that's important because aside from poor diet, toxins like pesticides, mold, and air pollution, they can all harm your pup's health. But Longevity Formula contains special toxin-fighting nutrients to protect your dog so they can live a long, happy life by your side. These include premium-quality superfoods like organic mushrooms, kelp, goji berry, and two kinds of probiotics, and many more. Right now, there's a limited-time offer exclusively for our listeners. For every purchase of Longevity Formula, you'll receive a free bottle of Palmade's Hip and Joint Formula. To claim your offer, go to palmade.com slash Todd or call toll-free 833-PAWMADE. That's P-A-W-M-A-D-E dot com slash Todd or call 833-PAWMADE. Uh, welcome back, everybody. This is uh, the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Good to have you with us uh, today. Uh, Amy Grant, that's old school right there, Grace Baker. I think, was that the first crossover? That's the first crossover hit. I think so. I'm not an Amy Grant expert, but I do love her music. Uh, yes. And my uh, mom like grew up listening yeah, to it. Well, you know, I, I liked Amy Grant stuff. I mean, it was good. I like it a lot. Oh, you do? I do. So you're, you're like a fan i'm a fan i would go see her live look she's been on the show a number of times over the past five years oh yeah so her and i i, I will say that she's a better interview than michael w smith is oh. <laughs> i'm just saying uh this is shocking news grace baker hit me gird your loins I'm america <laughs> amy grant uh is hosting a same-sex wedding this I didn't, guy, I didn't even know she did weddings who knew yeah, she's That's multi- the news she's, nugget. She's, oh, she officiates what? She's very versatile. Uh, this is going to be explosive for the 
uh, for the Christian community, and especially contemporary Christian music, where it has been, this has been an ongoing debate. And I don't mean to say anything dismissively about contemporary Christian music, because I do enjoy contemporary Christian music. But a lot of it is like music that couldn't make it in the oh. mainstream. So, What's up with the water references? That's all I want to know. I what do you mean? There's just everything is like, your mercy's like water, you know, step out in the water, step out in the ocean. It's, you don't know if you're singing to Jesus or a woman. Oh. That's, you know, is it your girlfriend or your point. boyfriend? That's Who are you singing point. to? And, and th- that's the whole point of it, is that they want it to be like, they want you to think that. Oh, so think? I, you could be singing a worship song to the to a girlfriend or well, something or Justin, a boyfriend. Justin Bieber came out with a song called like Holy and could be talking about his jeans. People were like, are you talking about a girl? Are you talking about God? I don't know. Like there were like, I think, Christian groups that sang like covers of it like a, it was a worship song, but it was actually a song about a girlfriend. So the headline from churchleaders.com, Amy Grant to host nieces, same sex wedding believes Jesus wants us to love God and love each other. It's her niece. The niece. Interesting. Yeah. That's, look, I mean, okay, whatever. I mean, again, it's, but she came out of the Washington Post, not came out. with. She came out with the news. <laughs> we know what you mean. Amy Grant is heterosexual. Um and uh, to our knowledge, I mean, we've no one's no one's really never ever asked, I, and we don't want to assume. I mean, I have never even asked her pronouns. I, I've known How her for rude. years, How years, rude. and I've never asked Amy Grant's preferred pronouns. Anyway, uh, she divulged in this interview with um, with the Washington Post uh, that she's going to be she's going to be hosting this. So this is something that she wanted people to know about. She's oh. she's promoting. Well, maybe she's getting ahead of it because she knew someone would find out and she wanted to write the narrative herself. I guess. I mean, ultimately if that if that were to happen, I would have said, "Well, it's really nobody's business. This is a family event, a family oh, affair." That's true. And why would, you know, why do you care? You know, my niece is not a celebrity. Uh, and why do you care if I go to a wedding or not? Um, so anyway, this is not the first time she sort of dipped her toe into uh, into those waters, but that's certainly going to um, that's going to cause a ripple within the Christian so. community. I mean, does that bother you that many in the Christian you know that Christian music industry are pro um, pro gay marriage? They're very supportive of the LGBT community. Does that does that bother you at all? Is that going to cause you to change your support of uh, these individuals, 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. Um, for, in recent years, according to Washington, there's a huge, this is a massive story, and the uh, the subtitle is Support for LGBTQ Community. Uh, Amy Grant, in recent years, has voiced support for the LGBTQ community, where she has had a large fan base for decades. Is that true? I never would have taken, I you know, I mean, I can see like, um, I don't know, Phyllis Diller or, um, <laughs> no, that's the effort it lady. My apologies. <laughs> the Golden Girls. <laughs> Nothing against Phyllis Diller. God rest her soul. <laughs> it's Friday, Todd. I was like, you lost uh, me there. I'm confused. So, or Carol Channing is, you know, the, I'm also the other one. All right, just Google and you'll understand. Okay. So anyway, um, she talked about her plans to host her niece's wedding at their farm 
which is her family's first bride and bride nuptials. Grant recalled her reaction, what a gift to our whole family to just widen the experience of our whole family. Now, here's what's going to happen. Somebody listening right now is going to say, well, there goes Todd talking about this and complaining. First of all, I'm not complaining, but I am talking about it. And you know why I'm, why I'm talking about it? It's because Amy Grant wants us to talk about it. So if you've got a problem with me talking about it, you've got a problem with Amy Grant. So why don't you pick up the phone and call Amy Grant and tell her to shut up? But they're not going to do that. But that's okay. We'll take the arrows here. Quote, honestly, and this is her view on the whole LGBT movement, quote, honestly, from a faith perspective, I do always say, Jesus, you just narrowed it down to two things, love God and love each other. I mean, hey, that's pretty simple. She says, I think it's, um, again, going forward, uh, she was raised in an evangelical church. Oh, she's struggled to find a place of acceptance, blah, 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 um, and goes on from there. So there you go. Um, It is what it is. In other words, this is going to be a big controversy in that whole Christian community. Or maybe it's not, because really the contemporary Christian artists are far more liberal, I think, overall than the actual audience uh, themselves. So, all right, Baby Date. What what are some of the other songs? That's the only really big song I, I know is the whole Baby Baby thing. I don't know, Grace. Well, let me pull up her hits here. Hits because I know her mostly for her Christmas cover. She's done a lot of oh good the tender Christmas Tennessee music. Christmas. Yeah, That's tender a great one. Tennessee Christmas and stuff like that. We got to go back and check uh, the lyrics. Is she reading into that now? Is oh there, no, is there code for something? Grown up Christmas list. I know there's no snow up in Colorado. Yes. maybe there's like is that about job, smoking Todd. joints or oh, something? Oh God, get your mind out of the gutter. Every heartbeat I, is another hit. That's a good song. Okay, that's a, that's a gay anthem. Oh, okay, no. I don't. I'm just saying she she's that's she's embraced the community. Did you know she's been referred to as the queen of Christian pop? According I to Google, d- I did know that, but but <laughs> but there aren't that many. And again, it's just like she's done. You know, Hark the Herald Angels sings, Winter Wonderland, uh, Breath of Heaven, stuff like that. Breath of Heaven. Yes. Hmm. Not try to change that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just trying to figure all this out. You know, I'm trying to evolve. Grace Baker. She has a pretty voice. I'm not saying like I'm some super fan, but again, I like her music if it comes on. So speaking of that, and I was looking for, I was trying to figure out a way to work this story into the conversation today, and it this just happens to work. There's a new study out, and Grace, this is shocking. Do you know if? Almost 40% of students identify as LGBTQ at liberal arts colleges now. No so the way. Gay, the gay community throughout history has been roughly about 2 yeah. maybe 3% of the overall population. But something has happened over the past, I would say, 18, 19 years, because now they're saying almost 40% of the students at the liberal arts colleges are gay. Well, dang. I went to a liberal arts college, and I didn't know any... I mean, okay, I'm not going to say I didn't so know anybody. A, so you're a minority. I'm in a minority, apparently. But if, this is a few years ago. I feel like even in the past, like, four years, things have changed dramatically. Because I feel like when I went to school and now I see the stuff coming out, I'm like, man, none of that happened to us. This is fascinating. This is from the College Fix... Uh, they did a study called Diverse and Divided, a political 
um, a political look of American elite students. By contrast, the national average of Americans identifying as LGBT in, Gall- in Gallup's poll is 7.1%, which I still think is extremely high. But okay. Um, what I find especially interesting at Wellesley College and Smith College, those are two predominantly female co- I think those are all female colleges. Well, but they're supposed to be biological, but now I think they welcome you know, now it's, you know the identifiers. Whatever the pronouns are. You ready for this one? I'm ready. At Wellesley, 61% of the student body lesbian. I just, I don't believe that. Maybe I'm just in denial. You ready <laughs> but for this I'm one? Like, Smith College. Okay, I don't know. 70% of the population lesbian. What? Mm-hmm. That's shocking to me. I, uh, That's just a shock, shocking number. So are we watching some sort of a radicalized evolutionary process happening here? Or is this, I mean, or is this the results of massive propaganda and indoctrination from kindergarten through college? Well, don't you think it's like the cool thing now to have like an alternative gender identity could be but you're telling me now that only 30 percent of the student body at smith college is heterosexual i don't mean to like dismiss the poll i'm just like i don't totally believe that number but i guess i I mean you see i do believe the number and i believe the number because i believe a lot of these kids are have been brainwashed and are somewhat delusional that's the only explanation here. And then you go to college and you're kind of in an echo chamber. And I think it's probably like a, a snowball effect, don't you think? Like, oh, your peers are, so then you are, and et cetera, et cetera. This is fascinating. Uh, the report notes that a majority of students identify as LGBTQ. And again, these are all female schools, so there's only one option here. Yeah. It's either the L. Well, I guess it could be the T and the Q. Well, couldn't you... Or it could be the B. B. That's what I was thinking. That's what I would believe. But it could be the the G because they could identify as the G's even though they're L's. Now you're just getting confusing. I would believe more the bi (laughs) than anything else. Oh, dear God. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I'm shocked because that's just such a large number. But this is what what shocking, though, Grace. And and hear me. It's not just Wellesley and Smith College. They say that three... (laughs) Oh. This you keep is laughing, Todd. This a majority. Is this is very serious. But again, moms and dads need to understand what's happening to their child when they go off to these schools. So I want you to listen here. The report notes that a majority of students identify as LGBTQ at three out of the 159 campuses. 51% at Oberlin, 61% at Wellesley, 70% at Smith College, with a 6% margin of error. Out of the three liberal arts colleges, the latter two are notably for women only, which is what we just said. Um, wow. The percentages signal a rise in LGBT students for at least Wellesley, which they found 38% identifying as a sexual orientation other than heterosexual in 2016. So this has they have seen a massive shift so, um, again, if you're looking, if you've got to look at these numbers and extrapolate and look nationwide, this just tells me that the indoctrination has been very successful in the education system. So, moms, dads, you better wake up and you better realize what's happening here because this is not normal. And there's no way, to Grace's point, there's no way it can be normal, but they want you to believe it is normal. 
844-747-8868. Do you believe that almost 40% of students nationwide now identify as LGBTQ? 844-747-8868. Hey, let's go to Michelle, North Carolina, on the talk station. Hey, Michelle, what's on your mind today? Uh, Todd, I just wanted to say that I've listened to Amy Grant for years and and spent plenty of money on her albums throughout the years, and I wouldn't buy anything else from her just for the simple fact that, you know, we're supposed to love everybody, yes, being Christians, but we're not supposed to back homosexuality. I mean, it plainly says that it's a sin in the Bible, and I don't know what, what Bible she's reading from, but that's what mine says. M- Michelle, I, I just can't condone that. Michelle, th- there would be people arguing with you that you have that that your view of Christianity is is in the minority now. That that's old school Christianity. That's that's not the new interpretation of the Bible. Well, old school or not, you know, um, truth has a lot of power. You know, and to me, that's that's the truth. Um, that's what's in my Bible, that's how I was raised in church. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, we, we're supposed to love everybody, but to, to back homosexuality, you know, um, no, it's not right. All right, uh, Michelle, appreciate the call. Uh, folks, 844-747-8868, our toll-free telephone number. The new study, The College Fix, 40% of students today identify as LGBTQ. So in other words, they're stopping parents aren't giving birth to heterosexual kids anymore. That's that's the story here. That's the news nugget. We'll be right back America. My pillow is excited to announce the original My Slippers are back in stock just in time for the holidays. Last Christmas you made our slippers the number one selling My Pillow product and now they've added smaller sizes, larger sizes and even wider sizes in all new colors. What makes My Slippers different is the exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable and they help relieve stress on your feet from all the running around this holiday. You can wear them anytime, anywhere, and save $90 off with promo code STARNS. That's only $49.98 a pair. You'll absolutely love my slippers, and now they're extending their 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2023, making them the best Christmas gift ever. So go to MyPillow.com and use promo code STARNS, or call 1-800-839-8506, promo code STARNS, to save $90 on the original My Slippers. That's only $49.98 a pair. Let's get right to the phones. Andrew hanging out with us, Gainesville, Georgia, WDUN, our great affiliate there. Hey, Andrew, what's on your mind? Hi, nothing much, Todd. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Gotcha. Uh, one of the things I just wanted to say was I think a lot of students are just trying to be uh, professor pleasers. Uh, I've heard uh, a lot of students that want to be part of the coveted alphabet community, uh, and they say that they constantly lie to the professors uh, to get better grades. Oh, is that right? So, so someone who might be, I don't know, um, a heterosexual, they could, you know, if the professor's gay or the professor is a leftist, they would actually pretend to be a member of the community to, to get in good graces. Yes. 
uh, and, and I've heard of a lot of stuff like wow. that happening, specifically with papers and theses. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about is if you have noticed the uh, gays against groomers community that's forming on Twitter. You know, I have. We've got to get the we should, we should, we need to get those guys on. Uh, it's a fascinating it's a fascinating group because again, uh, my thesis all along has been an overwhelming majority of gay Americans just want to be left alone and they want to live their lives however they want to live their lives under the Constitution. And a lot of them are are very upset at this uh, this grooming uh, that's going on out there. I uh, 100% agree. I would say I know more uh, gay couples who are upset with things like that than are there for it. No, I do. Well, I I wouldn't go that far, but the gay couples I do know are against it. And 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 I say, you know what? We need more people speaking out. Uh, but uh, it's uh, that's a good thing. Uh, but again, that's why we say small but vocal, you know, group of these activists because that's certainly not everybody. So, all right, Andrew, appreciate the call. Now, that is an interesting thing: is that maybe maybe they're all maybe maybe they're all straight, but they're pretending to be gay just so they'll get good grades and they won't get attacked on campus. I I guess I don't know. All right, uh, coming up, we've got some trivia. Oh, it's it's going to be a fun trivia day, and uh, we're uh, of course it is. Um, what is it, or- Orville and uh, Wilbur Wright Day? So uh, with the so we're going to have some airplane related trivia coming your way. Uh, also, Congressman Jim Banks is going to be here. Uh, Harmeet Dillon, running for RNC chair, is going to drop by, and uh, Congressman Chip Roy, he's got some things to say about the omnibus spending bill. And the border crisis. And Jeff Katz going to weigh in on all these hyperventilating journalists on Twitter. All right, folks, stick around. We've got Hour 2 coming up. And by the way, you want to buy one of those Trump digital cards? Too bad. He's already sold out. We'll be right back, America. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. And hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well out there. This is the Todd Starnes Radio Show. We are broadcasting border to border, coast to coast, across the Fruited Plain. A lot going on this hour. Also, a chance for you to win a a couple of prizes today. We're throwing out a couple of trivia questions, and uh, you'll enjoy that. Right now, they'll want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Uh, Great to have with us, good friend of this program, from the 3rd Congressional District of the great state of Indiana, Congressman Jim Banks. Congressman, Merry Christmas to you. Hope you're doing well. Hey, Todd. Merry Christmas. Great to be with you. 
You know, Congressman, a couple of big stories we've been following, and of course, Title 42 ending next week, very concerned about the the massive numbers of people crossing that border. And as you pointed out, we're talking 14,000 illegals a day. Uh, That's about the size of Fort Wayne, Indiana, every three weeks coming into this country. Yeah, Todd, I know you've been to Fort Wayne a number of times. You know, it's not a small town, so that, that puts it into perspective the number of illegals that are going to be crossing the border uh, when Title 42 goes away. So uh, this is a humanitarian crisis unlike anything that this country has ever seen before. And it is a public health crisis because of what's going on there, too. So keeping Title 42 in place um, uh, prevents this disaster from getting even worse. But as I've said all along, this is intentional by the Biden administration to open the border wide open, and this is their next step to do it. And and there's no end in sight, Congressman, which leads me to to wonder what is the ultimate end game here. Let's, I mean, we could end up having you know twenty, thirty million illegals by the end of the Biden administration living in this country. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be even worse. I mean, the all of the es- the public estimates that we've seen about the number of illegals that have come into America since Joe Biden has become president. I can only I can only imagine that those estimates are low that the, that the numbers are are even worse. So this this is a disaster, but it's a disaster of their own making uh, by design by this administration. And they know they've got two years left. I think I think even Joe Biden believes and knows that uh, his time in the White House comes to an end in two years. But you better believe it. The, the next two years they're going to do as much damage as they can do to America and our American way of life, and the one way that they do it. What gets me are, are the Democrats, and especially those who live along these border communities. I mean, they've been raising concerns, alarms. Uh, you had the city council in El Paso talking about how their city's pretty much been overrun. And now you have Gavin Newsom uh, complaining about uh, Title 42 going away. And yet they still have the same policies in place. They still elect the same Democrats to office. Yeah, that. That's exactly right. Also, Todd, consider that the continuing resolution that we just passed in the House a couple of days ago just happens to expire on the 21st, the same day that Title 42 is repealed. That doesn't seem like a coincidence to me. It seems like their perfect timing to try to try to mask over uh, this explosive story of what's going to happen at the border in the aftermath of repealing Title 42. The Democrats know this is a train wreck. They know it's a disaster, but they, they, they turn a blind eye to it because they know it's their party that's caused it, and they don't want to draw any more attention to it than they have to. Congressman Jim Banks is on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line uh, today. Congressman, I know you've also been weighing in on the uh, the big story of the day on social media, these uh, these suspensions, seven-day suspensions of some of the uh, the top mainstream media journalists in the country. Uh, what I you know what I say is what goes around comes around. These are the same people complain or that were celebrating when they banned Trump and all the conservatives. Yeah, Todd, you, remember, you might you might recall it was, uh, just a year ago that. Uh, Twitter banned me for pointing out a biological fact about Rachel Levine uh, as a a biological male claiming to be the first female four-star admiral in the public health corps. And I got banned for Twitter for stating a biological fact. And I I guarantee you, not one one of these so-called journalists 
uh, CNN or, or elsewhere who are complaining about getting kicked off of Twitter today were defending me a year ago. So it, it, it just goes to show they're, they're pro-censorship when it comes to those on the right, but they, uh, they're total hypocrites when it involves them. Oh, and, and again, you know, the, the, the reason is it's a very valid reason. I mean, they're, they're doxing Elon Musk and his family. His poor child got, you know, attacked in the car they were, they were driving. Uh, th- this is nonsense. So I think he did what any dad would do, which is protect his family. And, um, and I say good for him. And, and this is something, Todd, I know you see this too with your profile and, and with what you do. We see it in my job. The, the violent radical uh, uh, activists on the left, this is how they play. It's yep. always those on the left who are, who are trying to who post pictures of my house or they find, they find websites that show uh, real estate photos of the inside of my home and post them on the internet uh, as a way to intimidate me. I mean, that, that what, what Elon, Elon did was protecting his family. You're exactly right. And, uh, but, but again, he's, he's also hi- at the same time highlighting the vast hypocrisy of these these so-called journalists. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me not to laugh at it. It's pretty brilliant when you step back and look at what he's doing here. I, I, I'm with you on that. You, you mentioned spending, and it's just it's so frustrating uh, as a as a conservative. And you know, my, I'm I'm a I give money to the Republican Party. I'd like to think I'm a I'm a loyal Republican. Uh, but on issues of fiscal responsibility, if we can't be fiscal conservatives, I mean, at what's the point? It, you know, again, the spending is just out of control. Yeah, now, now you see some Republicans who are going along with a, with an omnibus spending bill next week that will take away the opportunity of the leverage that Republicans will have in the new Congress when we at least have the House uh, majority, when we can negotiate the spending bill and, and negotiate it downward, not upward. And you have some Republicans in the Senate and the House who are going along with the Democrats to spend more and increase the national debt. We've seen this happen so many times before. This is one of the reasons, Todd, that I argue that I've argued that our uh, red wave turned into a red ripple or even worse because Republicans, because the voters don't trust us. They've, they've given us control before and we and we. We uh, we let them down, and now 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 some Republicans are going to let the voters down again. At, at, right after a election where, for the I think the third time in my lifetime, Republicans have been given the majority in the House, and they're going to go along with this omnibus spending bill anyway to take away our opportunity to change the scope of of spending in this country. So I'm I'm outraged by it. I'm outraged at Democrats, but I'm even more outraged at some Republicans who are going along with it. Um, at the at the end of the day. What needs to change, and is it possible? Can the Republicans do a reverse course, and and what are the odds of that happening? Yeah, I'm going to do everything I can to to, to push uh, in that direction, Todd. I, I promise you that. And um, you know, we've we've got to fight back. We got to fight back hard. We got to do it right away when we when we take over the Congress in the new year, January third, when we're when we're sworn in, and and Republicans are in the majority. We have Republican chairs of the committees. We got to hit the ground running and do what we said we were going to do, or else these voters will will desert us forever for good reason and not not get not give us a chance to lead any longer. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And again, you know, you look at there are a lot of them that were you know actively campaigning against our party's nominee. I don't care if you like the guy or not; he's the party's nominee. You know, be loyal to your party. 
uh, you saw what twelve senators in the in the Senate, thirty nine in the House that uh, went against the party platform's position on marriage, and uh, now you got them, you know, spending like drunken Democrats out there. So yeah, there's a lot of frustration. So if you can, you know, again, tell 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 your party leaders up there, um, you know, the voters are getting a little bit antsy. Well, I'll, I'll keep doing my part. I promise. And you do a great job of it, Congressman, and we appreciate you coming on the program and hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Same to you. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Talk to you soon. All right, Congressman Jim Banks, one of the good guys up on Capitol Hill. And it's tough, right? I mean, you, you want to be able to support your party, but it's like every day you wake up, they're doing something that's just blowing your mind. It makes absolutely no sense. Oh, uh, Joe Biden up on the platform and uh, had this to say about the Irish. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. I married Dominic Giacoppa's daughter, so, you know, I got a little Italian in me now. Forget about it. Forget about it. He's got a little Italian in him. What the heck does that mean? Jeez, Lou. So is he saying it? He's saying Italian or uh, the Irish are stupid. That's Joe Biden, uh, your um, leader of the free world, ladies and gentlemen. Joey, baby! By the way, CNN is uh, weighing in now on the uh, censorship of their journalist on uh, Twitter, cut number three. I think this raises a big question about what the free press, what the future of the free press on Twitter looks like. You know, are news organizations going to stand by as the reporters are just, you know, hastily banned without explanation? Uh, CNN is saying it's going to reevaluate its relationship with Twitter, based on the response it gets, I want to read you the full statement, Allison. Please. It says, um, the impulsive and unjustified suspension of a number of reporters, including CNN's Donnell Sullivan, is concerning but not surprising. And it goes on to say Twitter's increasing instability and volatil- volatility should, have, should be of incredible concern for en- everyone who uses Twitter. And then it goes on to say, we have asked Twitter for an explanation and we will reevaluate our relationship based on that response. And I think it's so important to point out that Twitter really needs or really relies on news. I mean, that's what's what the kind of the lifeblood of and Twitter. Journalists. Current events. I mean, they're all right. on Twitter. All right. Well, we can't do our jobs if we're not on Twitter. Well, really, if if you're relying solely on Twitter to, to do your job as a journalist, you're not you're not exactly a journalist. Right. I mean, come on, let, let's get real. Hey, um, Steve Bannon is weighing in on this um, digital Trump trading card NFT thing. We, we brought this to you yesterday, and I told you, and, you know, a lot of times we get out in front of a story only because it's the right thing to do, and then others sort of wait and listen to what we – they want our take on it, and then they dip their toes in the water. But we're more than happy to jump out there and say, hey, this is right, this is wrong. And yesterday, uh, I was very critical of the Trump team for rolling out this, quote, major announcement, unquote, when in fact it turned out to be a money-making venture for the president, which, by the way, turned out to be a huge money-making venture, what, $4.4 million, and they sold out of the Trump digital cards. These NFTs, do they just call them NFT? Is that the, okay, NFTs. I'm learning the new vernacular. I'm still trying to get the emoji thing figured out. So anyway, um, we got a lot of calls, a lot of emails accusing me of being a closet liberal, uh, which I'm not, but appreciate the thought and appreciate the calls. 
Uh, but the reality is that there are people inside the Trump circle who are completely clueless, and they don't need to be there. And we we called it out. And then after our show, folks started jumping on the bandwagon. Steve Bannon, uh, here's what he had to say, along with Sebastian Gorka. Cut five. He's one of the greatest presidents in history. But I got to tell you, whoever, what business partner, and anybody in the comms team, and anybody in Mar-a-Lago, and I love the folks down there, but we're at war. Mm-hmm. They ought to be fired today. You came out with something that's so important, which I still don't think gets to the heart of it. And hey, you don't have three harder cores than Cortez, Bannon, and Sub <laughs> So when they're, and we're getting blown up all day on the set. Some of the- I can't do this anymore. Yeah, Bannon says he can't do it anymore. And I'm telling you, it gets harder and harder when you've got a great candidate, you've got a great man who is surrounded by people that really are not looking out for his best interest. And that's a problem. And Steve Bannon is right. Whoever made those decisions should have been fired immediately. And if they're still on staff, that's a big problem. And the reason why is because Trump came out later in the day and delivered an incredible speech, which is going to be one of the campaign platforms, about protecting free speech. And it got completely overlooked by the media because literally everybody, including the president's own supporters were consumed with the major announcement about these about these trading cards. So it's really not about the president. It's about the team that's surrounding the president. And he needs, quite frankly, he needs Steve Bannon back in his corner. We need people that are going to be fighting for this president. And if not, it's going to be a losing venture. I, I'm, it's, it's that simple. Because the president can't keep doing stuff like this. People... It, people by the way, people don't have $99. Well, I guess a lot of people do. They have $99 to spend on a trading card that you're not even going to be able to hold in your hands. Well, I guess you could print it out on your computer, I suppose. Oh, geez, we got to take a break here. Sorry, guys. Uh, 844-747-8868. Do you agree with Steve Bannon and Sebastian Gorka and me that the president needs to make some changes on his team? 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. All right, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Grace Baker, I'm going to give out our first first airplane-related trivia question. Ooh. Because today is Wright Brothers Day. It is. This is exciting. So uh, here is uh, our first. We're going to do three of these. I forgot to do one in the first hour. <laughs> it's okay. We'll bad. catch up. All right. Very good. So uh, we want to know, uh, again, this is um, airplane-related trivia. Who sang Leaving on a Jet Plane? Who sang that song, Leaving on a Jet Plane? If you know the answer, give us a call, 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. In the meantime, I want to go to the phones. Robin in Indiana wants to weigh in on President Trump. Hey, Robin, what's on your mind? <laughs> I know the answer to your trivia question, but I'll let somebody else do it. 
<laughs> well, you're um, a kind person, Robin. All right. <laughs> all right. Look, um, Donald, I, I dearly love Donald Trump, and he has he had a great message, the second part of his announcement, which got overshadowed. I, I, I'm like Steve Bannon. I can't do this anymore. If he's going to continue to surround himself with idiotic people, and, I, you know, I think somebody set him up with the NFT thing to announce that first, to overshadow him, so that person does need to be fired immediately. And if it was Trump's decision, then all he's making himself look like is a clown. That's that's clownish. Wow, that's pretty harsh, I, Robin. Well, that could have been done at a different time, uh, at a different day, not on the same day he's making the big announcement. Because people are on all these social medias, Donald Trump's selling Pokemon cards now, Donald Trump's doing this, doing that, and Nobody reported as the main focus what his great, beautiful message was that we all need to hear. And that's a fair point. Uh, And that is a truly fair point, Robin, that the big message of the day, which was his platform on free speech, got completely overshadowed uh, by the, the, the NFTs. It's ridiculous. Nobody has any money right now. And I also want to address this RNC thing. You know, I'm not a wealthy person. I'm retired. I spent 27 years in law enforcement. My husband is retired. He spent uh, his life in law enforcement. So we do live on a pension. And I did donate uh, back in the, uh, the 2020 campaign to the RNC. You know, I learned during the midterms not to do it. But, you know, if I give $100 and they're keeping 60 of it and only 40 is going for... Uh, quality candidates or the oh, support yeah. of Donald Trump or the lawyer fees. I'm, I'm disgusted. Ronald McDaniels has obviously had a facelift. It's obvious. Robin, we got to leave it there, Robin. Uh, they're going to cut us off, but it's a great point you raise. Hey, folks, we'll be right back. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. All right, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. want to remind you about our big trip coming up in November of 2023, taking a whole boatload of you folks to the Holy Land. We're going to have a great first-class trip. Uh, you're going to, it's, it's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime trip. And if you'd like information, you can call Grace Baker, and uh, she'll uh, get you the info. Uh, 844-747-8868. Uh, let's go to the phones, though, because we do have a trivia question in honor of Wright Brothers Day. Uh, let's go to Rob in Arkansas. Rob, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Rob, I'm doing well. We have a copy of my latest book, Our Daily Biscuit Devotions with a Drawl on the Line here. Uh, We want to know the answer to the following question. Who wrote and sang Leaving on a Jet Plane? John Denver. Well, let's go to the tape. Because I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't 
Yeah, Rob, you're right. That's I don't know why that song his version creeps me out a little bit, Rob. I he actually he actually did one with Mama Cass on the John Denver show. Oh, I re- yes, you're right. And then I believe Peter, Paul, and Mary uh, did a version right. a few years after yeah. that. That was back in what 1966, yeah. before I was born, Grace Baker. So there I was you a go. year old. Oh wow! So we we were little fellows back then. All right. <laughs> Well, Rob, congratulations. Um, and by the way, mo- the modern generation knows that song because uh, of Armageddon when it was yeah. uh, the uh, Bruce Willis movie. So that was a yeah, great movie. Yeah. All right, Rob, hang tight. We're going to get you a copy of our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. You too. All right, hang tight. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. I think our next guest, how old were you, Jeff Katz, back in 1966? Uh, uh, I was a toddler. Were you born? It's I was. Yes, okay. yes. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, I was. I was a tiny little guy. I, I wasn't sure if I was your senior or if you were my senior. <laughs> are, are you calling me old, Todd? Is that what you're I'm, trying to do I'm in the nicest possible way? Well, bless your heart, my friend. <laughs> I'm not trying to do it. I'm really not. <laughs> well, mission accomplished anyway. Oh, my word. Uh, Jeff Katz, ladies and gentlemen, the host of the Jeff Katz Show on WRVA, which is our affiliate in Richmond, Virginia. And, uh, Jeff, I don't know about you. I'm just having, I've got a big old bowl of Orville Redenbacher popcorn. I got my Baptist martini, and I'm just having a lot of fun watching the outrage on Twitter today. Yeah, it, it is a it is a fun time to just sit back, and I I'm thinking you could make your Baptist martini with an extra dose of liberal tears today, couldn't you? Yeah, um, uh, Jeff. Sorry, I lost what you were saying. <laughs> we we had a slight dip in the. Sorry about that. Oh, it was it was it was a a, a disruption in the force. It's all right. I will t- say that the gallons of liberal tears that are being generated right now are well, they're entertaining. Well, they are, and, and it's also hypocrisy. And yep. Jeff, we we've seen this play out. I don't know how many times we just had Congressman Jim Banks on. You know, he got banned from Twitter because he misgendered Dr. Rachel Levine, the man in the pantyhose, uh, <laughs> as a member of the Biden administration. Yeah. Now, was the mistake that uh, he referred to Rachel Levine as a member of the Biden administration, and uh, uh, Biden was blissfully unaware of that? <laughs> <laughs> It's but, craziness. Well, it is craziness. But again, it, it just goes to show you uh, that uh, turnabout is fair play. And this is a seven-day suspension. And at the end of the day, these people were were actively trying to dox Elon Musk and his family, putting his kids in jeopardy. And I got a problem with that. I, and, and well, you should, because you're a decent person, Todd. And, and every one of us, I, I'd like to think, who is a decent person, even when we disagree with someone on a, a political issue or a, a, a sports team affinity, whatever it is, you don't want to see that person injured. You don't want to see their family injured. But you're right. These folks were actively trying to tell people uh, where Elon Musk was, where the family was, uh making them, uh, frankly, subject to all sorts of crazy attacks, dangerous attacks. I think a seven-day suspension was, at the very least, uh, appropriate and, and certainly not over-the-top or outrageous. I think it's pretty minimal, but you, as usual, are spot-on. It is the hypocrisy that knows no bounds with these people. 
Jeff Kantz on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line today. Uh, Jeff, I was curious to, to get your thoughts on uh, President Trump and the uh, the NFT cards. What He sold out $4.4 million. But, man, you've got everybody from Steve Bannon and uh, Sebastian Gorka, Steve Cortez. We're talking about a lot of Trump supporters that are saying uh, th- whoever was responsible needs to get the heave-ho. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to understand exactly what NFT means and, uh, not suitable for something is not, I, look, I, I happen to be a, a fan of President Trump and most of the things that President Trump has done. I, I don't know. I, I, to me, this just seems like another one of those unforced errors maybe in the uh, in the conference room people are spitballing on ideas and they throw this out and people say oh yeah that's interesting and you move on i just i think there's a lot of energy expended on something like this that could have been used for i don't know helping elect people helping uh make sure that the leftists in dc are held accountable and it, to, to me this seems like a swing and a miss mm, yeah it's uh, and again, we've seen these here and there, and uh, the, the broader issue, I thought the president delivered a great speech yesterday afternoon after all of that, uh, yeah. you know, outlining uh, how we need to be protecting free speech in America, and that and unfortunately got overlooked. Of course it did. And this is the thing, Todd. You and I both know the, the, the legacy news media hacks are, are not going to give the man a free, a, a, a fair shake anytime, let alone a free pass. So uh, why provide them with any additional material? Why not uh, remain focused? Why not use all of that energy, all of that excitement that uh, is still there uh, within the uh Trump campaign, the Trump organization to, to, to stay on message, to stay on point. And uh, as you said, when you've got some of the president's most passionate defenders and supporters saying, boy, this was, this was wrong. I, I, I think he's got to listen to some of those folks. Jeff, uh, are you a big fan of Jeopardy? I, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say yes. Uh, let me see. If we're 200, yes. Uh, yes, I am, Todd. Well, the, the whole point of that is uh, this is the 18th anniversary of Ken Jennings, who's what the, uh, the, uh, the winningest contestant on Jeopardy, I suppose. Anyway, yeah. uh, this was the day that he, um, uh, he got snubbed for the correct answer. What is a hoe? So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm getting, I, I'm getting ready for the holidays. I'm just leaving that right where you placed it. Can I'm not imagine? getting any closer. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna look at that. Can you imagine? I think the question was: uh, uh, this term for a long-handled garden tool can also mean an immoral pleasure seeker. <laughs> What's a hoe? <laughs> it's our, it's yep. biblical. It's biblical, Jeff. Is Dan. that what it? Yes, okay. of course it is. It's in the Old Testament. <laughs> All right. Uh, Deuteronomy or Leviticus or something. I don't know. <laughs> Hezekiah. Man, <laughs> great book of the Old Testament. Oh boy. All right. Uh, by the way, what you got planned for the big holiday coming up? Well, uh, we are going to spend a lot of time at home, which is, frankly, uh, to me, a tremendous gift. My uh, my oldest guy came in from college uh, last night, and uh, everybody else uh, is, is off for a few days for, for good behavior. And so we are just going to be uh, rallying around uh, the dinner table and chatting and hanging out and watching some of our favorite uh, uh, Christmas movies and and just having a good time so but relaxing is the is the key part of this 
You know, I and that's I'm I'm not a big I'm sort of an introvert by nature. Yeah. So after the show's over, I like to go to the hacienda, pop on the movies, and uh, it's not quite time. I'm not one of these people that can start watching Christmas movies like December first, but well, I'm. I was going to say, now, you know, Heidi, of course, on Independence Day is ready to fire up the Christmas music. So we've been in 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 holiday mode now for the better part of uh, fall, you know, the whole season at this point. All right. Die Hard. Have you, I'm curious. Do you guys talk about this on, on the radio show? Because Die Hard, is it or is it not a Christmas movie? It's a raging debate. I know. And you know the weird thing? I don't think I've ever watched the full thing, so I don't know if I can pass judgment. The parts that I saw, I I thought to myself, okay, it takes place during a Christmas party, but I think that's about it. My vote would be no if you were to force me to vote. You see, I think it is because you got the Christmas songs, you got Santa Claus, you got a stuffed something. I forget. Is it a stuffed bear? I don't, and you got a Christmas party, and then death and destruction and mayhem. So I, <laughs> yeah, I think it screams Christmas Yuletime season. <laughs> hey Jeff, I, I want to play this for you though because we have an exclusive. There's a brand new movie coming out okay. uh, for the Christmas season. Our guy in Hollywood, Paul Shanklin, undercover, uh, was able to discover this. Let, and we've got an exclusive trailer. Let's take a listen. Christmas will never be the same with the new remake of a beloved holiday classic. It was a wonderful life. Follow George Bailey's search for how America used to be. Guided by his guardian angel, Clarence. What what, what do you mean everything's changed? Everything changed because you didn't complain about Suzu's school. I pledge allegiance to the world, not the United States of America. No. No! Experience George's nightmare of change. Where's Uncle Billy? Who? My uncle. He's a a forgetful, doddering old fool. Oh, right. I almost forgot. They made him president. You're you're nuts! I'm going down to the building and loan. When the silent majority stays too silent, even a guardian angel can't help. What did you do with the building and loan? You never complained, so the building and loan burned down during the BLM riots. And I gave them the gasoline. (laughs) Mr. Potter, am I going crazy? No, George, the world is, thanks to you. It's a merry little Christmas that makes the Yuletide gay. Don't you know me, Mr. Gower? No. Tommy, Janie, Bert, Ernie. Hi. Nick, Mr. Martini. Oh, Mary, Mary! That's Larry. Everybody's changed! Everybody's weird! All except Zuzu. She looks the same. Zuzu, I wouldn't talk to her, George. Teacher says every time a bell rings, someone changes their gender. Take me back, Clarence! Take me back! I I can't, George. It's not that kind of a movie. If the holidays don't depress you now, don't miss It Was a Wonderful Life. Coming soon, if it hasn't already. Jeff Katz, we got to get tickets for that. Oh my gosh, do you remember when Mr. Shanklin's bits were satire instead of historical uh, pieces of evidence? I, I know, right? Yeah. It's unbelievable. So we're excited to have Paul uh, as the newest member of the team here. And wow. uh, 
And, of course, uh, he's been doing some great work for us, and he did so much of it during his time working for uh, Rush Limbaugh. So we're just honored to have him as a part of our team. And, uh, Jeff, we're honored to have you as a part of our team as well. And, by the way, an award-winning talk radio host, Barrett News Media's top 20 mid-market news talk show host. You are number three, my friend. Congratulations. Well, thank you, Todd. I am uh, I'm, I'm honored. I'm humbled. I'm grateful. And I'm, uh, I'm always, always, always happy to, uh, to be part of uh, your show in any way that I can. You are the best of the best, my friend. You're kind to say that. And, uh, Jeff, we're going to let you get back at it. We know you've got a show to prepare for. And uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you. I'm the same to you and everybody at uh, the mighty uh, 990 KWAM and all of Starnes Media. All right. Jeff Katz, everybody, and uh, all of our great listeners across uh, Richmond. Uh, you know him and you know his show, and it really is a great show. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Folks, let's get right back to the phones. North Carolina, Patty on the line, WSIC, our great affiliate there. Hi, Patty. What's on your mind today? Merry Christmas, Todd. Merry Christmas, Patty. Okay. And you want to know something? Do you know that uh, KBG, you know, our, our, the new uh, Scottish member, she said that It's a Wonderful Life shouldn't be played because it's too white. Wait, who said that? KBG, a J, I'm sorry, KBJ, or a new Scottish member. Oh, I, I had no idea. Oh, yeah, she mentioned that It's a Wonderful Life should be banned because it's too white. Well, I'll be darned. Who knew? Well, you know what? I, I'm surprised the woke's probably really going crazy because all this, what are they going to do with all the white snow? <laughs> You see, I know. I love that wonderful Christmas carol. It always just warms me up uh, with a, a lovely glass of eggnog. I'm dreaming of a Caucasian Christmas patty. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, I mean, they're, they're probably having a meltdown because the snow is, what are they going to do? Uh, they can't outlaw snow? Trust me, that snow's dirty. I, I, you know, there's nothing worse than New York City after the snowfall because oh, it's yeah, a dirty, yeah, yeah. nasty snow. Oh, well, terrible. maybe that's what they like better. You All know? right, we, I don't know. We got a minute here, Patty. What's going on? All right, I, I just want to say I stick. I'm sticking up for um, Bannon and support uh, Sebastian Gorker. I totally agree. Something's going on, and with with Trump again in the background, somebody's telling him the wrong thing. Yeah, it 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 it's sad. Um, and it, we we've got to get it rooted out. And I think the problem is that it's the family members. We got to get the family members away from the president, and so we can get some some solid, well well worn, well you know they've been around the block a time or two political handlers who can carry him through through this process, so we don't have any more uh, more hiccups like this. Right. 
I totally agree, Todd. And you know what? I thought they were going to step away from politics. I thought she, Ivanka saying, I'm not getting involved with pop, my dad no more. You know? And and that was one of the best pieces of news I had heard coming out of Mar-a-Lago <laughs> in a long time, Patty. A long time. All well, right. We'll see. Patty, what you doing for Christmas? Uh, no, I'm, I'm just staying home. I'm going to relax, watch movies, and you know what? You know, North Carolina is beautiful. I mean, my, you know, I love it. It's a great place. Great place. Here's hoping for a white Christmas, Patty. So, or, you know, <laughs> Caucasian Christmas. A woke, a woke white, quick, a woke <laughs> white Christmas. Christmas. All right, Patty. Take care now. <laughs> Folks, I'm telling you, it's just gone crazy around here. Hey, Harmeet Dillon is uh, coming up in the next hour. Looking forward to that conversation. Also, now is a great time for you to make a switch. Just in time for Christmas, you need a new wireless service, and that's why I support Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, and they've got incredible Christmas time deals. They also have deals if you're a veteran or a first responder. Are you a business? You have a, a just a family phone? Hey, look, they can take care of it all, and they've got a plan to fit whatever budget you have. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Todd right now. That's patriotmobile.com slash Todd. Use my first name, Todd, and you're going to get some great discounts. Patriotmobile.com or give them a call 972-PATRIOT and use my name, Todd, to get that discount. Hang tight, everybody. Hour three coming up next. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us, that's right, I love this American All right, well, hour three, here it is, folks, the final hour of the final day of the broadcast week here on the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Hope you're doing great wherever you might be. And maybe it's just me, Grace Baker, but I, Twitter seems so much more relaxed today. It's I don't know, you it seems brighter. The birds are chirping. Festive. I don't know what it is. But uh, it's very nice. It's very nice over on Twitter today. Uh, and I hope it's nice where you are. Write down our telephone number. You're going to need this if you uh, plan on calling in this hour of the program, 844-747-8868. Let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Uh, the woman who I believe is, can fix everything that is broken with the RNC right now, our good friend, Harmeet Dillon. Harmeet, great to have you back on the program. Thanks for having me, Todd. And, and just for the sake of full disclosure, Harmeet, um, a few days ago, I came out on Twitter and announced my endorsement and support as a, uh, as a Republican, a member of the Republican Party, and as a donor of the Republican Party. So uh, you've got my support here, and I want to make sure everybody knows that. 
Well, thank you so much for that. It's been actually such an interesting race, Todd, because I would say outside the building of the 168, the RNC, the support for change is overwhelming. It's like 99.5 to 0.5. And then inside the building, where I'm, a, I'm, I'm asking for an audit of all the multi-million dollar fat cat vendors who continue having us lose elections, and frankly, our failed leadership, it's the opposite. You know, there's, there's a lot of resistance to change, and some people are fighting very, very hard to maintain the status quo, which has not succeeded in electing Republicans. So it's a very interesting dynamic. It's almost like the inside of the building, half of them, don't really care very much about what the rest of the world thinks, and that's a problem. Oh, it's a huge problem, and and I've seen that just in my recent involvement within the Republican Party, and uh, there's a clear divide there, and if you're not a part of the club, uh, it is hard to get your foot in the door. Um, they're happy to take your donations and abuse you if you don't give them, but in terms of breaking through to the rarefied air, which one of my colleagues derisively called it like a papal enclave uh you know how they select their uh future chair like a papal enclave and and smoke-filled back rooms the little people don't really matter in that equation again donald trump love him or hate him he transformed this party into a grassroots party into a party where independent voters were willing to cross over blue-collar people felt comfortable in this party we've attracted uh, new communities to this party. Same old, same old at the RNC. And you cannot paper over our lack of uh, ability to connect with the youth or these new communities by little, you know, outreach programs. I think it has to, uh, there has to be fundamental change. But more importantly, fundamental change to win elections. And that includes coping with and excelling at the new types of voting paradigms that have become the norm, whether we like them or not. And by the way, for the record, I don't like ballot harvesting, early voting, or no excuse absentee. But I do like winning elections. And until and unless we can change the laws in these states that have those things, we must out-hustle and outspend and outperform the Democrats in getting those ballots into the ballot box. It's not emotionally appealing to voters with $100 million ad campaigns, but getting their ballots into the ballot box. It's very simple. Harmeet, um, you you have your you have Republican bona fides, and I think that's important. And and I love Mike Lintel, and I think he's great at what he does. But we need someone who has been there, been a part of the process, and understands um, understands how to fix what is broken. And and I want you to take our listeners through your bona fides as they're calling their committee members, saying, "Hey, you need to be supporting Harmeet Dillon." Okay, so here's here's what has been happening so far. I mean, so I want to suggest that even though calling and emailing, a lot of these members have contempt for that. They don't really hear that. So I think actually the strategy that's been working in states like Texas, Arizona, Tennessee, and some others is calling for a vote of the executive committee of the party or the board of the party on how those three members should vote. That's been very effective in Texas and Arizona, you know, did exactly that. So if you are a committee precinct man or somebody who's a delegate of the state party, that's much more effective to be able to just call for that kind of a vote. So is that right? why they should vote for me is that uh, I'm a lifelong conservative activist, starting with my college days. We're under the guidance and tutelage of my dear friends, Dinesh D'Souza and Laura Ingram, 
I eventually became the uh, the editor in chief of the Dartmouth Review conservative newspaper. I was featured on 60 Minutes as a conservative activist in my youth. Went on to work at the Heritage Foundation for a year as an editor of a journalism um, magazine there. Went on to the University of Virginia Law School, where I was the chair of the largest chapter of the Federalist Society in America. Clerked for a conservative federal appeals court judge. Practiced law and for the last um, nearly two decades now have been an unabashed warrior for conservative causes and the First Amendment and now uh, a champion of children who are targeted by transgender activists. And I stand up every day in court and I walk the walk. I don't just sort of belong to some debating society and write checks. I go into court and I say, I represent David Delighton, the young man who exposed Planned Parenthood and National Abortion Federation's fetal part trafficking. I'm standing up next to him and saying that I represent him and I'm proud of that. I represent pro-life activists who are uh, who are protesting in different cities. I represent uh, almost, you know, half the conservative media universe, if not more, including, you know, the Daily Wire and its challenge to COVID vaccine rules uh, in, in the United States Supreme Court and, and, and the lower courts, uh, James O'Keefe, um, Project Veritas, Turning Point USA, uh, and many, many, many journalists who are targeted by the left, who have First Amendment issues, or who have some other type of issue, represent them in negotiations and all that. So, uh, you know, you cannot really find any other lawyer in the movement, I think, who's really out there, both spanning the legal world and the political activism and the nonprofit world with a nonprofit I started three years ago called the Center for American Liberty, which is featured regularly on Fox News for our landmark work, including three cases at the United States Supreme Court, fighting for evangelical Christians to be able to pray during COVID without interference by the jackboot of the government. So that's who I am. And I'm willing to step away from that amazing and very rewarding law career and nonprofit work to fix the RNC, because as a Republican voter, I hate losing. And the direction of the party is a slow, genteel decline where we congratulate ourselves for turning out more voters without acknowledging they didn't vote for our Republican candidates, where we congratulate ourselves for outraising the DNC without acknowledging that the Democrats outraise us by 10 to 1 by putting that money into dark money organizations, pseudo nonprofits, and generally eating our lunch on a daily basis. And so that is why I'm standing up to do this. Um, I wish other people would stand up as well. But I know I can do it better than our current leadership. I have no doubt about that. And Harmie, you know, I saw that firsthand. I was uh, I went to a meeting after the uh, the elections, and we got our hat handed to us in, in in the area that I live in. And instead of saying, "Okay, what went wrong, and how can we fix it?" We were literally told to stand and applaud our leaders, and, and I'm I'm like, wait, wait, what? It, we just lost. What? And I don't like. I'm with you. I don't like losing Harmeet. And what I especially don't like is squandering money. And the report that came out a few days ago with all of the the money being spent on the luxury jets and the resorts. Uh, let's let's get refocused here, and I and I and I, I have no doubt that you'll be able to do that. Absolutely. Look, I mean, you know. That report that came out, I think, two days ago in Red State, it was based, I, I spoke to the reporter uh, yesterday and asked her what flack she was getting back from the RNC, and she said, I based my story on, um, on on FEC reports, so I'm not sure why they're claiming it isn't accurate. It's their FEC report. So, like, I don't know the details of it, but inside the RNC, there's been some very vicious pushback claiming that, you know, I'm pushing some false narrative. It's, you know, I, again, the amount of flack coming at me suggests that I'm right over the target. 
And I have read the explanations, and I am sorry, it does not convince me that there's any good excuse for using donor money for some of the things that we're doing, whether it's the way it's always been done, Harmeet, or not. I don't care. The question is, should we have used some of that money to win elections instead of whatever they claim that it was used for? The answer is yes, because we have lost elections and we have not fought hard enough for our candidates, help them adapt to these new techniques, give them air cover, and generally act like we care about winning elections as opposed to holding on to our titles and positions. You see, I, I love everything you just said there, and, and I think that's what it's going to take. How, how quickly do you think we're going to be able to see a turnaround if you are installed as the, uh, the new RNC chair? Uh, day one, there'll be some major changes made. I will just say that. Uh, there's some particular uh, greedy consultants who have failed us for well over the even the tenure of the current chair, and somehow they just keep failing upward and upward in their um, compensation packages. They're going to go. We're going to have a top-to-bottom review, we'll call it an audit, that'll be done by somebody outside, an objective of the performance of the RNC and its consultants and its you know, folks, we are going to bring in the best experts in the country on these new voting methods and make sure we have a game plan and really equip the states on how to do that correctly. We have some apps that are voter contact apps that the RNC subsidizes. Um, I think we actually need to ask those developers to improve those apps or uh, we need to have some competition in the bidding for that. We need to be helping state parties learn to fish instead of buying them food. That's important as well. And frankly, I think that the party needs to recognize that the Democrats over the last uh, election cycle very successfully helped select our nominees for us using dark money in our primaries. What was our reaction? Shrug. We cannot do anything to get involved in primaries. Well, yes, I think we can. I think that if there's a crisis looming, you better, you know, grab the steering wheel and stop from driving it over the cliff. You better, as a party, exercise some party discipline and get in there and do it the way the Democrats do. The Democrats don't allow this to happen to them. We don't even think about playing in their races. Maybe we should. And if they're doing it for to us and it's legal, maybe we need to be raising money from donors and picking some, you know, candidates that can't win races that like they're doing to us. So I think there's just many things that need to change. There's almost nothing that needs to stay the way it is, quite frankly. Okay, we we got to wrap it up here, but the the news nugget here is uh, instead of calling an email, which go ahead and do that, but to be effective, call for a vote in the states. Yes, call for a vote of the executive committee or the board of the party promptly, ASAP, okay? And that has been very effective in some states. Sounds great. Well, Harmeet, uh, we, uh, we we just love the great work you're doing, and we, we really do hope that uh, one day we can call you the RNC chair. I hope so, too, and believe me, I will be – very accessible and straight with the media and with the voters. I will not tell you that, you know, it's all sunshine and rainbows when, in fact, it is dark and cloudy. Well said. All right, Harmeet, God bless. Thank you. No, you're welcome, Todd. Thank you for having me. All right, Harmeet Dillon, everybody. And uh, you, heard the, you heard the call to action there, which is to demand, demand that your state executive committee, your board, hold a vote. Uh, so that we can have some change in the uh, within the RNC, and if we don't, folks, we're going to get the same results. I mean, we got, and, and she's absolutely right. We have to adapt, or we're going to lose. All right, we got to take a break here. We will get to your calls coming back eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. We also have a trivia question on the table. Today is Wright Brothers Day. 
name the name the Wright brothers. We need their first names. Give us a call, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Welcome back, everybody. Todd Stern's radio show band is jamming today. Hey, let's go to the phone lines. We got a trivia question on the table. Lauren in Georgia, WDUN, the trivia capital of America. Lauren, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for asking. Uh, Lauren, I want to try to win you a copy of my book, Our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl. And um, we got to answer this trivia question, and I suspect you know the answer. It is Wright Brothers Day. You got to give us the first names of the Wright brothers. Wilbur and Orville. And you are right. You see what I did there, uh, Lauren? Oh, You're right. You. It's, uh, anyway, it's, <laughs> very funny. Kyle thought uh, Orville invent, invented the popcorn. That was Redenbacher, Kyle. Not not right. <laughs> Redenbacher. So just delicious popcorn, though. All right, Lauren, congratulations. You are a prize winner. I hope you're liking the show. Oh, I enjoy your show very much. Thank you. Well, we, well, you're very welcome. And uh, we're going to put you on hold. And uh, Grace is going to get your information. And we're going to send you a copy of our Daily Biscuit. And ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have this book, then you're just not right with the Lord. That's a, no, I'm just kidding. It's, I'm going to get an email about that. But we would love – it's a great stocking stuffer, and we'd love for you to get a copy. You can order a signed edition at ToddSterns.com. But to be honest with you, it's a lot cheaper at Amazon, some of the other uh, bookstores. So uh, be sure to get yourself a copy in time for Christmas. All right, let's go to the phones here, Uh, 844-747-8868. Faith in Memphis, Tennessee, listening to us on our flagship station, KWAM. Hi, Faith, what's up? Happy Friday. So there's good news and bad news. Uh-oh. And, yes. Do you want to start the good news first quickly or the bad news? Uh, uh, just just <laughs> rip the Band-Aid off, Faith. Okay. So Brad Raffensperger uh, is proposing in Georgia to go to ranked choice voting. And you know how that how well that worked in Alaska. Oh, to the, Lord. Uh, to the state legislator. Also, uh to end the runoff to make it a 45% threshold. I don't know. Everybody got different thoughts on the runoff, but I think the uh, ranked, choice, ranked choice voting is what's most troubling. And some other things. So he tried to deny it, but he didn't deny it. His so-called uh, refutation of what was reported was that I don't have the power to change anything. These are just proposals. So, yes, you did say what you said. <laughs> and and to me, I, I, uh Maybe your contacts have the data. I really want to know the crossover data for the primary concerning Brad, because I think that the Democrats helped picked him picked up the ball, and uh, GOP I think is Heist got real comfortable because he know most people think he is a rat, and he made it 
passed the primary. And I don't think it really has anything to do with Trump. I just think he got that that push. I, I don't know. Is uh, Georgia an open primary state? Faith, we got, uh, we've got about 30 seconds here. I want to get to your good news, and I don't know the answer, but I know one of our Georgia listeners will. Uh, but what's okay. the good news? The judge in in Arizona is allowing Carrie Lake to inspect Maricopa County's ballot starting December 20th at 8 a.m. And that is correct. Uh, the judge is indeed doing that, which is great news for Carrie Lake. Uh, she is, and she's doing this the right way. She's got some good attorneys. Uh, she mm-hmm. doesn't have grifters, and uh, they know what they're she doing. She doesn't have the Kraken. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't need the Kraken. Just put it back in the can. So there you yes. go. Faith, it's a great point. We're going to check out that Georgia story, and I hope you have a great weekend, uh, Faith. Uh, again, Raffensberger is now calling for the elimination of the runoffs, but he hasn't exactly come out and offered a specific alternative. However, one of the alternatives, like Faith just said, is that ranked choice voting, which will make sure that Democrats control Georgia for years to come. Can't can't let that happen. 844-747-8868. That's our telephone number. This is the Todd Starnes Radio Show. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Mobile Newsmaker Line. Uh, we've got our good friend of this program, great American patriot, and I know he's fired up probably more so than all of us about the omnibus spending bill and what's happening on the border. Uh, talking about our good friend from the great state of Texas, Congressman Chip Roy. Uh, Congressman, uh, happy to have you on the program today. Todd, great to be on. Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners. And, and Merry Christmas to you, Congressman. Um, I, I heard your your remarks on the floor of the House, and uh, I thank you for expressing the outrage and frustration because Republicans out here across Middle America really are pulling their hair out over this nonsense. Well, some of us don't have very much hair to pull out, but but I do try to you know, reflect the anger that I know my constituents feel and the many Americans across this country who pull me aside in airports and thank me for speaking for them. People say, well, why do you get so fired up on the House floor? Because I'm just as angered as every American, every Texan that I represent at a group of Republicans who run as conservatives, who run to limit spending, who run to secure the border, who talk about all these things and then get to Washington and do the exact opposite. When the leader of the Senate Republicans is cutting a deal with Democrats, cutting out the Republican appropriators in the House, the Republican leader in the House, and just cutting a deal with Democrats. That is a direct slap in the face of the uh, constituents, the people across this country, the Americans who sent a Republican majority to the House, and they're going to spend $1.7 trillion, Todd. They're going to plus up non-defense discretionary spending. That is all of that alphabet soup, the IRS. You know, DHS, the FBI, 
that's targeting parents and calling them domestic terrorists. They're going to plus all that up, give those bureaucrats more money to go after you and me, to continue to do all their woke garbage. They're going to give them $50 billion more dollars to do those things. It is mind-boggling. And by the way, here's the exclamation point. They're going to fund this till next September 30th, giving us very little leverage, if any, to fight to secure the border. You've got to use the power of the person to secure the border, and they're literally giving it away. I can't put it into words, Todd. It's completely unforgivable. Have Have you been able to figure out why they keep doing this, the, why the Republicans keep doing this? At the end of the day, here's the trap in Washington. The appropriators and the spending class, they get their pork, they fund the defense, they, they pay for pay raises, they pay for some helicopters, they pay for some planes, and they say, you know what? If we end up doing a continuing resolution, we damage defense. Well, you know what? I understand that. But you got to go pick a fight and force Democrats to own it. Make Democrats do the appropriations for defense. Don't let them get away with holding everything hostage. And then you just give in to their hostage demands and you increase defense spending without any changes to their woke nonsense at DOD. And then you just give them a blank check on the non-defense spending. And guess what? How do we end up $32 trillion in debt? That's how. They don't, they just, they cower in the corner, afraid of shutdown and afraid of challenging the fact that we should leverage debt spending, deficit spending on the back of our men and women uniform. And that's what's actually happening and give up the power of the purse to force policy changes on the border, on energy policy, on vaccine mandates, et cetera. Uh, it, it, it frustrates me when you, when you look back over really the past couple of years, I mean, you had Republican leaders, establishment Republicans that were openly opposing the party's nominee. And I am a Republican. I I donate to the Republican Party. I support Republican candidates. And the, the establishment, they have this mentality, Congressman, and correct me if I'm wrong, they say, you shut up and you support our candidates. And and yet, for example, a John McCain or a Mitt Romney, which I did, they weren't my support they weren't my guys, but when they got the nominee, I supported them. But they don't they don't return that honor or that respect when it's a conservative who's the nominee, then you've got them voting and turning their back on the party platform when it comes to the idea of marriage in America, which just happened. And now you're telling me that they can't even be fiscal conservatives. At some point, you you throw your hands up in the air and say, what's the point? The opening shots by Republicans after losing badly in November, or certainly not performing well in November, was what? Battling up with Democrats, as you just pointed out, to embrace a definition of marriage which undermines traditional marriage, stomp on religious liberty at the same time, and I mean badly stomp on it, empowering the radical left to go after all of us people of faith, then turn right around a couple weeks later, pass a National Defense Authorization Act, which, yes, repeals the vaccine mandate, but has all sorts of other problems in it and doesn't reinstate those who got fired, then pass a $1.7 trillion bill that is filled with all sorts of funding of bureaucrats going after the American people, and then take away our ability to leverage at the border. That's your opening shot out of Senate Republicans. And what are House Republicans doing? Kind of in a whimper, uh, we're voting no against some of it, but some are voting yes. Like the fact is, the leadership infrastructure in the swamp is broken. We have to fundamentally toss it out. The reason President Trump was popular in 2016 was because he came in on a horse, just coming out of nowhere saying, let's challenge the swamp. And guess what? The swamp is in full force right now, and Republicans are neck deep in it. 
So you know, we're going to fight it. I promise you. I'm going to. Good. And, and we need more like you to do that. Do you think, I mean, if Kevin McCarthy is going to be the Speaker of the House, and uh, it, it, it appears to be that, that, that that's the way it's going, do you think that he's going to be able to, to fight and play hardball? Well, that's the fundamental question, and it's the reason why I've not uh, taken a position formally. My position is that no one has 218 votes, and Kevin McCarthy has to earn those 218 votes. Right now, he hasn't. Like, there's still a lot of things out on the table, things like motion to vacate, which give us leverage to force change, things like fighting spending. Like, What are we going to do to go stop this Omni? We have five more days. Stop the Omni, or six more days. So I want to see leadership, and I want to see a structure that's going to actually work, and then we'll figure out what happens on January 3rd. But this is the question. The reason there are members raising the question is, why should we accept the status quo? Why should things stay the same when we keep letting this country burn down in flames around an American people who want to save it? My job is simple. Do what I said I would do. Stop spending money we don't have. Secure the border of the United States. Open up energy freedom. Stop endless wars while building an army that is actually strong and can kill people and destroy things, but is used sparingly. Do our job. Restore health care freedom. Get the government out of our lives. That's my job. That's what I campaign on. So I should damn well do it. And that's my message to Republican leadership. Well said. And, and Congressman, we're going to leave it there. Uh, you packed a lot into this uh, segment. Uh, we appreciate you standing up for the, the American people out there and the taxpayers. And I want you to know you got a lot of people that are fighting right alongside of you out here. Well, my message to everybody out there, don't give up, okay? We're going to keep fighting for you. Our, our forefathers and our parents and dads and granddads, they all fought for us. We're going to keep fighting. Have a very blessed Christmas. That's the most important thing to remember this season, but we'll keep fighting for you. God bless. That's it. All right. Chip Roy, everybody, from the great state of Texas. You know, he might make a great Speaker of the House. But that's the kind of fighting spirit we need. And I haven't heard that from from Kevin McCarthy. haven't seen it from Kevin McCarthy. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are so hesitant, is they don't want to go down this path again of getting control. They don't want another John Boehner. They don't want another Paul Ryan. They want a fighter, somebody who's going to blow stuff up just like Donald Trump did. That's what they want. All right, 844-747-8868. Real quick, I want to go to the phones. William in Memphis, Tennessee, listening to us on KWAM. Hey, William, what's on your mind? What's up, Todd? Great show again, as usual. Thank you. I mean, um, you know, know, the thing is, you know, I called before, it's been a while, about talking about uh, Trump has to watch who he talks to and everything. But, you know, Trump, the thing we, we still keep forgetting about Donald Trump, and I tell this to people, my so-called liberal friends, if they're, I mean, borderline friends anymore, but, uh, you know, Donald Trump didn't just get to be president. He had to be president and fighter, boxer, of all this stuff on the side all the time, literally in the, in the middle of a, a sandstorm and a tornado from the media and other politicians, even his own, as you, as you were talking about just a second ago, the swamp people, all these ones that came out from the deep end of the mud and no one even knew were swamp people before. And, I mean, he, he spent his whole time in, in, uh, in uh, just a, a war with these people when, in reality, all he needed, he wanted to do run these policies and stuff, but he couldn't just do his job. He had to do all this stuff on the side. So, really, that he was even needing to focus and get some stuff accomplished, to me, is even amazing. And, I mean, people say he's so, uh, you know, causes controversies and all this stuff. But, I mean, at the same time, he's being attacked continuously. Like I was telling Grace, if, what if she was doing her job and someone kept opening the door, throwing tomatoes at her, yelling at her, throwing water at her while she's trying to do her job? Well, she wouldn't be as good at her job, and she'd have to worry about this other stuff at the same time. That's what Donald Trump went through. It, 
I think, you know, while DeSantis will be a great candidate, we still, Donald Trump deserves to be president without his garbage. And I love Twitter, what's going on now. I love the whining and crying at all these liberals are like, we're supposed to feel sorry for him at all the baloney they put us through. Um, I don't know. I mean, we need Trump. We need Donald Trump as president. Obviously, we saw the difference between he and Biden. But I just don't know if it's going to happen. But, uh, man, you know, shows like yours we need. But we need we need people to vote. We need Republicans to vote and not sit on their butts. But uh, I don't know. I just wanted to call, I guess, and, uh, some of the stuff you've been talking about. Today. That's what it is, William. And, and look, I, I still have lots of hope. And it certainly sounds like Chip Roy does, too. We need fighters like him, though. That's what we, that's what we need. And we need those kinds exactly. of fighters. Uh, all over America. So, and William, it's a great point. We got to get out and vote. Got got to do it. God bless you, William. Thank you for listening. Great, great comments as always. Eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. We've got another trivia question on deck. Oh, I love it. You see what I did there, Grace Baker? On deck. Okay, never mind. Uh, what is the name of Maverick's best friend and co-pilot in the original Top Gun? The name of Maverick's best friend and co-pilot in Top Gun. This is the final trivia question. All airplane-related, thanks to uh, our good friends, uh, the Wright Brothers. Today is Wright Brothers Day. 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. You heard the news. Twitter censoring conservatives big time over the years. They suppress the information about Hunter Biden's laptop. Eric Bowling on Newsmax exposing Twitter's war on President Trump. You got to tune in tonight. Watch Eric Bowling, the ballots for news you need to know, and make sure you also vote in Newsmax's urgent poll. Do you want Trump or DeSantis in 2024? Newsmax wants to know what you think, and you can vote in the big Newsmax poll, Trump versus DeSantis. Just text the word skip to 39747. Text the word skip to 39747 and let your voice be heard. We'll be right back. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. You know what I'm thinking right now? You and me, you and me driving on a motorcycle, riding on a motorcycle. Oh, it's down not the what desert. I was picturing it all time. I thought we were flying planes. Oh, we were? Oh. Yeah, that's why I was like talking in code. Oh, it's code. <laughs> to the left, to the left. Is that I what the know. pilots say? I don't know. You don't speak pilot no, lingo? No, I don't. Did you ever watch that movie, Top Gun? I haven't seen it. Oh, it's a great movie. Have, great music. have you seen the, the new one? No, because I haven't seen the first one. You see, they say the they say the new one is better than the first one. I, all right, probably from visually a, it is. Visually, maybe okay, but the original is the original. Oh, that's fair enough. Mm. I've heard it's really good though. I just haven't sat down and watched if, it. If um, Kyle, if I die uh, at the funeral, you got to make sure that uh, they the family plays Danger Zone. That's why I want to go out. Oh. Danger Zone.
Let's go to the phones here. Uh, this is, uh, by the way, this is Wright Brothers Day on the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Amanda in Tennessee, listening to us on KWAM. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Fun. How are you? Uh, well, what part of Tennessee, Amanda? South, South, S-O-U-T-H, Fulton, F-U-L-T-O-N. South Fulton, Tennessee. Wonder. All right. Well, we're, we're excited to have you listening to us, and uh, we're going to try to win you a prize here. Uh, Amanda, we want to know the name of Maverick's best friend and co-pilot in Top Gun. Goose. Yeah, uh, that's right, Amanda. Goose. Have you seen the new Mav? Have you seen the new Top Gun movie, Amanda? I have not. It, it would be hard to beat the the first one. I will say this: it's really, really, really good. The, the question I have is: is it better than the original? And I, I don't know. From a technology standpoint, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But I, I don't. It, you're going to love it, so you got to go see it. But I just don't know if it's better than the yeah. first. Yeah, I want to see it. I just haven't made it there yet. I, re- I remember when I was a kid, that was the movie you had to go see. Everybody was wanting to be a pilot and join the Air Force. Yes, exactly. It's that- a good Grace, you have to go see it. All right, Grace, listen to Amanda here. It's on my list. You got to put it on the list. Tell tell Mr. Producer for Christmas, you got to go see you got to go see Maverick or Top good. Gun. That would be good. And Top Gun Maverick. You got to go see, see both. the original. You got to oh, see yeah. the original. I'm not going to watch the new one first. That would be horrible. <laughs> so, Amanda, no, no, yeah. Amanda, the the big question was why wasn't Kelly McGillis in the, you know, in the sequel? And and they she she was like disappeared, not even mentioned. But I saw a picture. I don't know how authentic this is, so technically I may be sharing uh, you know, just a bad rumor. But she she actually looks her age and Tom Cruise does not. And that was the reason yeah, why. I figured, I figured she looked pretty uh Seasoned, seasoned. Yeah, there you go. Seasoned. <laughs> there you go. Amanda, hang tight. Uh, don't go anywhere. Grace is going to get your information, and uh, we're going to get you a, a copy of our daily biscuit devotions with the draw. Hope you have a merry Christmas. Merry uh, Christmas to you. All right, there you go, folks. Oh yeah, Grace, you got to go see the movie. That that that's all there is to it. All right, let's uh, go to the phones here. Jerry in Iowa wants to uh, weigh in on Elon Musk. Hey, Jerry, what's on your mind? Hey, Brother Todd. I, I, I love it that he's getting rid of doxing. I don't think he has any duty to provide a platform to do doxing. It's not quite the same as freedom uh, of speech. It's, it's a sort of a different mission. I think if somebody wanted to make some money, they could create a doxer's database so that every time these people go out and dock somebody, like, yeah, say employers might subscribe to it. If you want to find out what's applying to work at your company, you can just find out if they're on the doxers database. Or maybe you would like to get rid of people who engage in that sort of intimidation. So I think it's great that Elon is nixing it that from his mission. I have no trouble with that. Uh, but just, yeah, let's find out who these miscreants are and maybe they could get a taste of their own medicine. Because after all, who wants that working for them? It's Just a good well, idea. It, it's a, it's a, and it's a good idea, Jerry. I will say this as the, uh, uh, you know, I'm not a victim, but as a person who has been doxxed, 
it is not a pleasant experience, and it's a little off-putting when you know people know where you live. They're sending threats uh, to your home, and I would I would get packages mailed to me at my home, and I'm like, how in the world do these people get this? You know, get this information. That, but they that's what they do, um, and it's a little disconcerting. So I I feel bad for Elon. Uh, and the guy's just, it seems to me, the guy's just trying to protect his family. Yeah, turn, turn the tables on him and let's find out who these doctors are. And maybe uh, they just won't feel quite so easy at their place of employment because because there's a doctor database. Name and shame. Isn't it great, though, Jerry, to see all these people come unglued? And uh, now that Love they've it. been, they've, they're getting a taste <laughs> of what we've been dealing with for years delicious i love it love it all right jerry you keep things real in iowa thanks for calling in have a great weekend and uh, folks wow what a great week we have had here uh congrats to all of our winners we're going to do some more trivia uh as we head into uh, the christmas season here uh in the meantime be sure to head over to toddsterns.com you missed any of our shows guess what you can download the podcast free of charge uh, folks, we're getting ready to fly out of the danger zone. want to thank Grace and Kyle. Great work this week, guys. And folks, whatever you do, be sure to go to church this weekend. God bless America. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.